0: This is the Insecurity Brief Podcast. It features tech news and analysis throughout the world. This podcast is made possible through advertising, and listeners like you. If you can't donate, please share this program. We depend on you. Good morning, I'm Trip, and you're listening to the Insecurity Brief Podcast. We need you to share this program for us to succeed. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to this podcast and visit my website tripulixcom insecurity. There you can catch up on past episodes or even donate. Today, Microsoft reports phishing as a service. Fixing a zero-day threat in Chrome. And another Android malware steals banking information. Microsoft exposes phishing as a service. Now, many of you have, we all have, gotten those useless emails trying to con us out of money. Well, there's a service that Microsoft researchers uncovered called Bulletproof Link that takes the complicated world of being a criminal or cyber thief online and makes it simple to copy banks or other logon-dependent sites with simple ready-to-use templates. But they're just one of an increasing number to offer ready-to-use templates to trick people into exposing their username and passwords. Microsoft posted this on their site, and I read, With over 100 available phishing site, templates that mimic known brands and services, the bulletproof link operation is responsible for many of the phishing campaigns that impact enterprises today. Bulletproof Link, also referred to as Bulletproof Link or Anthrax by its operators in various website ads and other promotional materials, is used by multiple attack groups in either one-off or monthly subscription-based business models, creating a steady revenue stream for its operators. This comprehensive research into bulletproof link sheds light on phishing-as-a-service operations. In this blog, we expose how effortlessly it can be for attackers to purchase phishing campaigns and deploy them at scale. We also demonstrate how phishing-as-a-service operations drive the proliferation of phishing techniques like double theft method in which stolen credentials are sent to both the phishing as a service operator as well as their customers resulting in monetization on several fronts. The onslaught of email threats continues to pose a challenge for network defenders because of improvements in how phishing attacks are crafted and distributed Modern phishing attacks are typically facilitated by large economy of email and false sign-in templates, code, and other assets. While it was once necessary for attackers to individually build phishing emails and brand impersonating websites, the phishing landscape has evolved to its own service-based economy. Attackers who aim to facilitate phishing attacks may purchase resources and infrastructure from other attacks groups including phishing kits this refers to kits that are sold in a one-time sale basis for phishing kit sellers and resellers these are packaged files usually a zip file that comes with ready to use email phishing templates designed to evade detection and are all Often accompanied by a portal to which access to which to access them, fish kits allow customers to set up websites and purchase the domain names. Alternative to phishing site templates or kits, also include templates for emails themselves, which customers can customize and configure for delivery. One example is. Of a known fish kit is the MIRC boot fish kit. Phishing as a service, similar to ransomware as a service, RASS, phishing as a service follows the software service model, which requires attackers to pay an operator to wholly develop and deploy large portions to complete the phishing campaigns from false sign-in page development website hosting, and credential parsing and redistribution. Bulletproof Link is an example of phishing-as-a-service, P-H-A-A-S, operation. Microsoft also reported that Bulletproof Link additionally hosts multiple sites, including an online store where they allow their customers to register, sign in, and advertise their hosted service, for monthly subscriptions over the course of monitoring this operation their online store had undergone multiple revisions the source code for the site's pages contained references to artifacts elsewhere on the site which included icq chat messages and advertisements while those references are still present in newer versions the sign-in page for the monthly subscription site no longer contains service pricing information. In previous versions, the site alluded to the cost for the operators to host host the links and return credentials to the purchasing party.
1: This time, baby fishing will be bulletproof. <laughs> this yeah. is unbelievable. These guys took a tactic, which is phishing, and turned it into an entire business. It's crazy, and e- they even have ten percent off if you sign up for their newsletter on their website. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like a a simple home u- home user is, is is now against like an entire business model of phishing who can deal with this? This is unbelievable.
0: Well, this is the same thing as, you know, even though it's criminal in nature, it's the same. It's, it's the tactic of the same marketing man. You know, it's kind of hard to say that they're illegal because they're the same as the marketing crap that we all get banged with anyway. And, you know
1: <laughs> i mean the 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 criminal who invented the thing probably worked in marketing before so he knew you know it was probably some smart business guy before and he just uh you know turned to fishing <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised
0: so we're gonna see more from from these um i would imagine in the future you know i I ran into something that was kind of like this, and I didn't really think of them that way. But you know, now that I now that I think about what I saw, it's kind of like this. I mean, they were they were trying to sell uh, YouTube links, in other words, you know, develop a channel with lots of links and other things. And they have the thing about all these guys is they have something that looks legitimate to begin with and um and then they go off the edge but
1: <laughs> yeah it, into that gray area into the black area
0: yeah well i wonder how many bank templates are inside of that you know and probably bank... all
1: of them <laughs> probably all of them
0: you know you can go out um to uh a site that's supposedly legit marketing and get the names of the customers for some of the big bank bank names the marketing okay. groups the the so-called marketing groups they'll sell it to you so if you want to know like from a bank brand you can put that bank brand in and they don't give the entire customer list but they'll give you hundreds and hundreds and some of them this is the thing about the criminal side and the so-called not criminal side of marketing is the marketing guys all pay for the stolen information and reuse it because if the if they didn't there wouldn't be any money for the criminals to make a service yeah which uh, you know it's the snake eating its tail (laughs) (laughs)
1: The Hacker uh released a story on September 27th by Ravi Lockersman. Uh New Android malware steals financial data from 378 banking and wallet apps. That's big. The operators behind the BlackRock mobile m- malware have surfaced back with a new Android banking trojan called Ermac. The target's Poland and has its roots from infamous Serbius malware according to the latest research and they quote saying the new trojan already has active distribution campaigns and targeting 378 banking and wallet apps and overlays uh, threat fabric ceo cendrik hans sanhen said in an email statement first campaigns involving ermac are believed to have begun in late august under the guise of a google chrome app Since then, the attacks have expanded to include a range of apps such as banking, media players, delivery services, government applications, and antivirus solutions like McAfee. Almost fully based on notorious banking banking trojan Cerberus, the Dutch cybersecurity firm's findings come from the forum post made by an actor named Duke Eugene last month on August 17th inviting prospective customers to rent a new Android botnet with wide functional- functionality to a narrow circle of people for $3,000 a month. Duke Eugene is also known as the actor behind the BlackRock campaign that came to light in July 2020. Featuring an array of data theft capabilities, the InfoStealer and Keylogger originate from another banking strain called XRS, which itself is a strain of Lokibot, Android Banking Trojan, and the malware source code made public by its author around May 2019.
0: Wow. (laughs) So, you know, there are some people on here that don't, um, that listen to this, probably don't understand that there is a keylogger possibility inside of Android when you've got touchscreen. So, it's taking a new thing, and this is a new, old technique. But traditionally, when we had keyloggers, these are things that would pick off your keystrokes when you type them in through the keyboard. Um, On uh, the Android OS, it doesn't necessarily work that way. It's the vector where your finger is, or if it's a key press. So... Um, it's a little bit different.
1: Well, you know, you have to understand, people have to understand that Android is logging all your keystrokes. How do you think it's doing spelling detection? How do you think it's doing autocorrect? Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, re- <laughs> it's recording first and then doing analysis and then offering up new corrections. So malware, if it is clever enough, can hook into this Key detection that's built into Android and and manipulated for their for their purposes for malware purposes and for you know stealing banking credentials purposes. Okay. So and then these guys they all are using the same different pieces of source code of malicious things. So they're gaining keylogger code from here and banking uh, theft techniques from here and putting it into a new thing. They're they're all related. And sharing code. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they are. And the other side of it, too, is, and this I've said multiple times, in case you haven't caught me before saying this, it is stupid to put financial apps on your cell phone. I mean, there are so many devices. You can go out onto eBay right now and buy a late model, meaning made in the last five-year phone. For under a hundred bucks, that cars deflate faster or phones deflate faster than cars do, um, and with a greater discount for less than a hundred bucks, you can get a phone to only run on Wi-Fi at home that you can turn off that has your banking apps on it and still have a cell phone. I mean, I have. I, at this point, I have three different phones that I use because I want it separated for one thing. The other is I don't, I have Facebook on one of my devices and I don't want Facebook to have access to anything because that is its own level of hack. So,
1: yeah, that's, I mean, that's smart. You're sandboxing. But then, you know, people like the convenience of having one phone and, like to be able to do everything from one device.
0: Security, you know, keys and security were never meant to be convenient. Yeah. (laughs) The idea of having security is not convenient. It's supposed to be hard. And by having these connectionless key points, or payment systems. I mean look, if you want a payment system on your phone, there's nothing wrong with that. That's not what I'm saying. So if you want to hook a wallet purveyor on your phone so that you can pay for things and use mobile banking the mobile banking apps, go for it. But don't put your banks on here. You know, there keep a separation between the apps and this is the a bigger point with mobile uh, act- actors like PayPal or um, these third parties that all Apple Pay, Apple Pay and PayPal are not banks. They hook to bank accounts, but there's a deli- There's a division between them. So when in Google Pay too, although Google is trying to be a bank and certainly will be a bank. At some point, Facebook also, since we're bringing it up, is trying to be its own bank. But um, if you separate your bank from your payment center, then there's a conduit that can be severed fairly easily. So if you make a payment on Apple Pay and somebody gets into your Apple Pay account, it's not directly into your bank account. I mean, it's really inconvenient when somebody steals all the bank money from your account, and this is this is a thing about the banking industry in the United States, anyway. And this is the biggest danger. These banks don't care because yeah. they're covered by FDIC. Of course, business checking and um, business stuff is never uh, covered by any insurance. Neither are your investments. So putting investment banks on your phone is doubly stupid.
1: Like Bitcoin. (laughs) Yeah,
0: as an investment, there's two different levels of Bitcoin, though. Using Bitcoin for a payment center, it should not be the same wallet even as your Bitcoin long-term investment. These are two different things, and everybody throws everything into the same sandbox and says oh I've got one it doesn't work that way your 401k money is separated because the government says that it needs to be separated and you in life should also have your own separation of monies so that you have uh, liquid banking money and a liquid payment money just different stuff don't let banks pay your bills I mean, that's stupid. Don't let credit cards be your bank. It, you know, it, you got to keep it separated.
1: Well, my, my argument is to ask you, what do you think is worse? Mobile device security or physical laptop computer security? Which is worse? I think mobile security is worse. So why you would put banking stuff on your phone... It's just a bad
0: idea. Yeah, no, it, 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 in its whole sense. I'm not saying that you can't, first off, when you're using the computer thing, the computer website stuff really stink compared to using the mobile apps. But oh. I'm not saying to use the mobile apps on the device that you walk around with. I mean, yeah, honestly. No, like
1: you said, it's a sandbo- the sandbox. The sandbox. I have smart. two,
0: right here. Yeah, that's
1: a smart tip for people
0: and you can add three if you and these things don't cost a lot of money i mean they really don't cost a lot of money you can get a really good i got an apple device that is at the edge of their current update stuff um it was made like eight years ago um i got it for less than a 100 bucks so you can, you can get an iPhone if you want an iPhone, or you can get an Android. And this is the other thing for the banking industry, is that they have Apple apps and Android apps, and some of the banks are better at one app store than the other. So you should really contact your bank and find out which operating system they're pushing, because there's a couple different camps for development out there. uh. Interesting. So, I mean, that's, it's just the way life is. So, until that unifies, and we've been worrying about the emergence or convergence of everything. But, uh, at any rate, until next time, I'm Trip. I'm Honey. Have a great one.